0: As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? Yeah, what a week. Well, we had a heat wave, didn't we? Now, where I grew up, we believed in the Farmer's Almanac. We had one. We always had one. And uh, they would call that an Indian summer. Have you ever heard of it? Okay, Indian summer. So uh, we we had our Indian summer, and it's very interesting. And there's also Blackberry Winter to come. That comes... That comes, though, when the springtime comes. Just a little bit of interesting fact there. Well, we're now full swing into Advent and what a wonderful season of celebration it is. Some people think that Advent is a time of penance. Well, Lent is a time of penance. Advent is a time of preparation and that can include penance, which it does, but it's a time of celebration. It's a time of joy. It's a time of Anticipation of all the goodness that God has prophesied that through his prophets all those years that the Messiah would show up. And the, the Messiah now is really close. And that's the beauty of Advent as we celebrate, as we anticipate, because there's essentially four themes that we focus on one is hope, one is peace, one is joy, and one is love. Those are pretty good, aren't they? Could anybody use a little more hope and joy and peace and love in your life? I'll bet you could. I know I could. That's for sure. And guess who brings it? One that's lying in the manger. Well, today the church invites us to look at the word peace. Peace, not that the world gives. That's temporary, temporal. But peace which comes through Jesus. Now, I'm going to share with you an interesting fact. And you may think, well, this isn't true. But the scriptures affirm it over and over and over again. And I believe it. I don't always experience it, but I believe it. And it helps me to grow in receiving it. And it's this. Peace is our natural state. Peace is our natural state. Yeah, you you heard me right. And I have the authority of the scriptures and the church to back it up. See, God made us that way. We we are made to pursue peace. Uh, It's almost, I think of it as sort of like an insatiable thirst. There's a thirst for peace. Now, how do I know that we're always looking for peace? Well, just look around you. We're looking for everything today. I mean, we spend most of our lives trying to find something that will bring us peace. That's what (laughs) we do. Uh, What are some things that we try to pursue to find peace? Money, wealth, power, health, knowledge. You know, we're we're constantly uh, maybe a, a bigger house or a nicer vacation. That's going, no, we're always looking. Because here's what we find out, it don't work. Now these things are nice and they give us a certain amount of comfort, that's for sure. But it won't bring you peace. Peace that uh, the scriptures describe as peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that is so wonderful that it says it's incomprehensible. You know, indescribably delicious you might call it, like the Almond Joy bar. You know, that's what it is. That's what the peace of God is. It won't deliver, but yet we spend most of our life trying to figure that out. Well, we can definitely see that you have to realize that peace begins with God. Because he made you that way. You're made for peace. You really are. You are made for peace. And the only way that you'll find that peace that you're looking for, not in things, but the only way you're gonna find that peace is when you connect with the author of peace, and that's God. Because he made you that way. You know, that's a wonderful thing. We talked today about pyramids. You know, there's the hierarchy of needs and all that for you intellectuals who've studied that. You know, Maslow's hierarchy and all that. You know, what's, what's at the top of our pyramid? Well, that's God. God's at the top of our pyramid. He is the ultimate. He's at at all levels of the pyramid, actually. He is, as the scriptures affirm, he is our life. God is our life. And we walk in relationship with him. So how do we grow in this peace? I want to offer you a couple of suggestions. First and foremost, grow in your friendship with God. Now this is a mind-boggling concept, and I, I really, I still haven't figured it out why well, Catholics haven't got this yet. Uh, they Got to the degree that they should, because we do some very friendly things with God, like what we're doing right now. You can't get any more closer to God than that—the <laughs> Eucharist, you know. But yet sometimes we we don't we we don't feel that sense of friendship, that sense of closeness. I don't know. If it's because we feel alienated, because we feel God's too big, God doesn't care, I'm not exactly sure what it is. But what I rely upon is what Jesus said. I always go to Jesus. You know. I always go to Jim. He's my source, my authority. He says, I call you a friend. That's what he says. Now, what does a friend mean? Well, you got a friend Now, I want you to think of your best friend. You got a best friend? Do you love your best friend? Well, of course you do. Think about a friend that's that's greater than your best friend. That's what Jesus is. And he calls you, calls you to be his friend, to grow in that relationship. When you grow in that relationship of friendship with God, I guarantee you one million percent, you will find peace. You will find he is the source of peace. What did Jesus say to his disciples? He says to you today, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Do you believe that? What's your life like today? How much peace is in your life? I like what Paul said too. He says, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. There it is. (laughs) You know. Bible's pretty simple, actually. We make it complicated, uh, but it, you know it wasn't written for complicated people. It's written for people like me, simple-minded people. Well, you have to grow in your friendship with God. That's an absolute given. Another thing is you have to focus on God's presence. Presence. See, God is always with us. Always. He's not out there. He's not in some other universe this morning having coffee. No, he's right here with you this morning. He's he's so close to you that actually he lives inside of you. Isn't that what the Holy Spirit is? Isn't that the person of God in the the third person? Father, Son, Holy, yeah, he lives right inside of you. Um, And what we have to do, here's the key. When we focus on God's presence in our life, we have to do one thing. You know what that is? And it's one of the challenging things today because everything teaches us not to do this. You know what it is? Trust. Have you ever had a relationship with somebody that you didn't trust? You ever loved somebody that... You didn't try. Did you ever try to get close or want to be close to somebody you did? Well, no, you're not going to do that. Well, it's no different with God. You know, here's, here's one of the downers of our society today. And I see it on television all the time, and it just sort of scratched my head. It says, Trust no one. Trust no one. I mean, how, how many people does that mean? I mean, you don't trust anybody. Lord, you mean I, I can't trust anybody? Well, can I trust you? Well, probably not. If I can't trust anybody, it's one of the greatest challenges today because you cannot have a relationship without trust. If you do not trust, you cannot have a loving relationship with somebody. It will not work. It just won't work. You have to trust. I was reading one of the saints this week. I was amazed, because here was a guy that really put it together. He goes through the entire scripture, sort of a summary of it, and what he shows you is over and over and over again, God is saying to you, trust him. And he gives all these examples, it's like, well, you know, I think he's got a point there. Trust. Me. Trust me, God says. Don't follow what the way of the world says. Don't trust anybody. Now, here's a little corny saying. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you might be depressed. But if you look to God, you'll be at rest. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. The third thing is to trust God's purposes, God's purposes. This is another one that's really important today that's really crippling our faith in God. What do we do when something doesn't make sense? You know, it doesn't make sense. You notice that a lot of things in life don't make sense. Well, what do we do? Well, one of the things that we can do if we're gullible enough is we can uh, naturally, the, the one thing that people are going to do, I mean, it's obvious thing they're going to do if you're, if you're gullible enough is to say, well, God doesn't exist. If God lets bad things happen to good people, he doesn't exist. He wouldn't do that. You ever thought that? I bet you have. I bet we all have, haven't you? That's not what the scriptures teach the scriptures do not teach us that God allows bad things. He permits things to happen from our choices. That's what He does. And the other thing is this you don't have to have all the answers to trust God. Let me ask you how many of you drove here in a car today? Do you know how a car works? <laughs> You need to know how a car works, how many cylinders or what's going on in the compression of those cylinders in order to drive that car? Well, of course you don't. You need to know everything. No, what do you need to do? Oh, but you're asking a big thing of me. What are you asking me to do? Trust God. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Can you trust him? I don't trust anybody you see how that's a downward spiral? How how that can overflow out of what we're told in life today, how that can overflow into the most important relationship that we have. Trust God, because you can. The scriptures, the teaching of the church, the lives of the saints, affirm that over and over and over and over and over again, but you got to do it. I like like what uh, the wisest man in the world said in Proverbs. The wisest man in the world, so that means something, doesn't it? Here's what I said. Trust in the Lord. There's that word, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways, and he will guide your path. That's powerful. I mean, that's extremely powerful. Why do you think, church? You think we can trust God, huh? You think we can? It's hard, but it's the way of life. It's the way of peace. Now let us stand as we profess our wonderful